Jordan and Jake. Powered by Ortho Carolina. The home stops. He throws it across field. Guess who? Jordan Gross. Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. Jake, this is Jordan, your friend, your long-lost friend. It's been a couple weeks, man. We, uh, we're letting our listeners down by not being on the air, but there's been good reason. So, first of all, great to talk to you. I know there's a lot to discuss, but how's everything going on in the Loam household? And maybe share a little bit about the last couple weeks, uh, kind of what's gone down. Well, um, listen, things are good right now. Uh, so, the last couple of weeks, I was out of commission. Um, uh, my father had a heart attack and, you know, pretty severe. Uh, I don't think that, uh, how you categorize them. And lucky enough, uh, we had great health care uh, immediately. The ambulance came. And so we got that done and he ended up having open heart surgery that has been deemed a success. And now it's the, the long road to recovery. But, you know, he's here and he's doing well. So been a little busy uh, on that end. And so uh, that was... Uh, <laughs> I guess you could say my excuse, but, uh, yeah. you know, that's, uh, that, 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 that's my excuse. I, uh, I'll own up to that one. Isn't it incredible how you can one day can just change things so much. And, you know, you and I stayed in touch a little bit and with producer Matt, we all, you know, kind of keep a text thread going and whatnot, but one day everything's fine. The next day, I mean, you're dealing with massive, subject matter you know and then you think man if i could just rewind one week how easy did we have it before we were dealing with all this stuff you know and my and then these last two weeks for me um not as serious as yours but right when your dad got in the hospital with the heart attack i came down with covid so i was quarantining up here above the barn at my little guest spot for five days and i'm just like exiled from my family i'm going what in the heck is going on, man? We got hit with some quick stuff, but at least the heart attack and the COVID was polite enough to wait till the Panthers regular season was over. So we didn't miss a week as far as that goes, but glad you're glad you do a better Jake. (laughs) Yeah, we're all good. And I'm glad you're feeling better and uh, you know, that you uh, overcame that. And so uh, here we are. And uh, it, uh, you know, Jordan, I know we're going to get into it, but I guess football has been just okay. The last two, I mean, I guess. You you had to keep your dad probably from watching the games because he might have had another one watching those well, playoff I, games. It, it was awesome. Yeah, it, it was, you know, and really and truly, when when was a weekend like last weekend? Has it ever been better? I, I oh. just there's no way. There is no possible way. And listen, I would have lost every single one, maybe not one. If I had to pick the games last weekend. I, I truly thought Green Bay was a Super Bowl champion. I really and truly felt that. I just felt they're getting Zadarius Smith back. They're getting uh, Jair Alexander, the cornerback, back. I just felt this is the Super Bowl winner. And I just, gosh. And Cincinnati, listen, love watching them. Huge fan of Joe Burrow since his time uh, watching him at LSU and, and what they've done. I just thought Tennessee with the Derrick Henry back and – my, my only one, I thought Buffalo would beat Kansas City. I really and truly believe that. And then I just thought Tampa. Now, I did kind of change my tone when I found out Werfs was not going to play. thought there was a chance he might have played, but L.A. did a great job of kind of scheming some things up and getting Aaron Donald uh, on the uh, backup tackle that had to replace him. And, and 
gosh, Tom almost pulled another one, another rabbit out of the hat. But how great were these games? And the end, to end it the way it, it, it did on Sunday evening was just remarkable. I thought the Packers for sure were a lock with the night. I just I didn't see how the Niners could go into snowy Lambeau and win. I thought that much like you, that that the Packers were a Super Bowl champion team. So that was shocking. And also just such a such a maybe a proper ending to just kind of the the message or the tone coming out of the Packers organization with Aaron Rodgers all year. He's just dealt with so much stuff with comments he said and then vaccination status being a big issue with him. It just was like such a like proper ending kind of for the the feel for the Packers organization this year. And I'm not wishing that upon him or anything, but it just was like, oh well, I guess that's how it ended. And kind of the most unsung MVP leading candidate in a long time you know what I mean like his play was so dang good but there was just a lot of questions and just conversation around Rodgers all year so that and that'll be interesting to see where that heads and where he might go or if he retires or what and the same thing with Brady what do you think with Brady Jake with the you know now everybody's saying maybe he might retire this year and really anything could happen I know you don't speak to him or anything like that you know um frequently but where where are you at on the tom brady world yeah you know listen i think by his play he should not retire because you can't tell me that the guy can't still play he was even you know battling toward the end you can't tell me if cooper cup you know if, if him and matt if matt stafford and cooper cup don't make those last two plays on that last drive there was no doubt in my mind that Tom was going to beat him in overtime, you know? And so I think physically he can still do it. Um, it certainly just kind of is in, in listening. I know he does uh, the let's go podcast every Monday uh, with Larry Fitzgerald uh, and Jim Gray. And uh, according to, you know, my research, our podcast dominates theirs. I just wanted right. to throw that out. Yep. Um, but listening to him talk and the family and and my wife sounds like the wife has been has wanted him to retire for a couple of years now so I'm not so sure I've always felt that he's not stopping but I'm kind of starting to think you know what he might he might say it's up you know because this Tampa team it's going to be interesting they have a lot of good players that went back for that one other year there there's a lot of free agents now so how does that you know, how does that play into uh, into his thinking and stuff like that? How does a 44-year-old man, like, how do you ever transition out of being a quarterback? Like, you know, you played for quite a while. Peyton played for quite a while. Drew Brees retired at 40 or whatever it was. But 44 and as all in as Tom Brady has been for 20 years with the nutrition and the trainer, his guy Alex that he talks about so much, and the trainer and – like it appears to me that he dedicates everything he has to his football career. Won't that be incredibly tough for him, Jake, to just, all right, I'm done now. And I mean, there's a million doors open to him, but that identity loss is going to definitely be something that he's going to have to navigate his way through. Yeah. And I, you know, Peyton, I truly, I never felt it would be that much of an issue with him. And I think maybe one of it was due to his physical condition. I mean, he was, I don't want to say a shell of himself at the end because they won a Super Bowl, but that was a really good defense that Peyton just was, in essence, 
you know, he just helped guide that offense along when that defense helped carry that team. Uh, but I just felt he was going to be so involved. He stayed really busy in the offseason. And, and certainly I think it has proven that he has just kind of continued to kind of keep that, 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 I don't want to say a toe, keep that foot in the, in the football water, so to speak. Whereas Tom, I'm not so sure what it looks like for him to be quite honest. You know, I, I'm not, that it, that's remains to be seen. So that's why there's some, something inside of me that says, you know what, he might not hang it up. He might play uh, one more year, give it another shot. So do you think Man, the Bucks are good? Do you think the Bucks are prepped enough for a 45-year-old to come back and play? You know, I mean, it's, they got a great yeah. old line. I know that. They got a lot of receivers. But I don't, it, it, the reason I'm bringing this up so much is our division's massively in well, flux right now. So I'm going to segue into Sean Payton and the Saints. Well, All of a sudden, our division is like Tom leaves way less – scary than it was 12 months ago or you know two years ago agreed totally and honestly when Matt Rule was hired I, I and I know I've said this and I was like man this is to me this is good timing because we're kind of in a rebuild mode we need to retool this football team and it might take a couple of years two to three years maybe four but at that time when this happened you're like okay Tom went to Tampa and that wasn't going to last long. You knew that was a short term. And then what was going to happen to them, them, Atlanta, you kind of felt that was a rebuild, so to speak. But the Saints, you have Drew Brees, who hung it up. That totally different football team. We all know that. And they drafted so well in New Orleans, which is a great thing, but also comes back to bite you because you have to start paying these guys after a few years. So I just felt that in about three years or so, the Panthers could really start to ascend. And then you're going to have those other teams start going the other way. And that's what it looks like these other teams, do they start going that way? It kind of, the signs are somewhat pointing to that. Um, and then now this division's kind of like, okay, what happens? And we don't know what Tom's going to do, but if Tom does hang it up, the thought process of playing Tampa Bay in, in, in opponents minds are like well they don't have Tom Brady anymore and yes they have a really good defense I get that but it's just that that middle factor of knowing all right you have Tom Brady you know he's they're going to score points he's going to put his team in a position to win and he's deadly in those situations so it's uh NFC South it's uh it's definitely the landscape has changed all right, so let's let's figure out how the Panthers get to be the top of this division one year from now. So start with coaching. Rule, obviously, still the guy pulling the trigger. Ben McAdoo. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to go out and we're going to make a big splash. Ben Mac I'll be honest. So, Ben McAdoo, we, we signed him, and I'm like, uh, you, you just kind of think you got fired from the Giants. That's the first thing that I thought. And then, yeah, okay, so he was in – Dallas this year as a whatever his role was and he was on the staff with Jaguars in 2020 but then if you look at what he did as an offensive coordinator before he was a head coach and his time with Eli and OBJ and all those guys and then back when he was coaching with the Packers as a QB coach with Aaron Rodgers there is success there so I'm going to reserve I'm not going to go off my initial response and I don't even know what I was looking for, but what we do have in him is a lot of NFL experience, which is drastically different from what we got with Joe Brady. Experience with some great quarterbacks. I know that it, it, you know, it might be Sam. Who knows what, what we're going to do with the quarterback position, but 
this guy does have experience and he can be somebody if if Matt Rule plays it right that can help Matt Rule and that offense, you know, maybe become something greater. So I want to hear your thoughts on that whole thing. Well, I think the whole search for the coordinator, I think uh, just the optics looking at it, it's like, okay, who are we going to get? Because there's questions of, okay, the Panthers, you know, it's year two in the Matt Rule era. Uh, quarterback position is still very unsettled. Offensive line is unbelievably unsettled. Where, where is, where's this team at? Where is it going? And is a, is a coordinator going to, or an experienced coordinator going to want to kind of tie up to this team right now, not knowing some of the questions that happen. So who's going to be the guys that are going to have a lot of interest. And, and that's what we don't know. And I don't know if we're ever, we'll ever know, but what was, it, how was it going to shake out? And uh, you know, heard Jay Gruden and I think Jay's done a really good job as a coordinator um, coach at Washington and, uh, and you know, that franchise, that's just, there's some deep rooted issues there that they're trying to fix. So didn't hold that against him. He's done very well in this league as a coordinator. Um, and then they hired uh, McAdoo and I don't know him at all. Uh, it is a West coast type of guy and um, tried to do a little background uh, searching on him this weekend and talked to someone um, who let's just say there's a deep connection there uh, and said that he was really good as offensive coordinator think it was maybe a little too much for him as a head coach with the Giants at that time and that market it might have just been a little too much because it's very different being a head coach and a coordinator just your time constraints and um, everything else that goes into everything but coaching football but uh, did they did say some very good things about him as a coordinator so I was excited about that and I trust this person's opinion uh, wholeheartedly so I was excited about that he'll bring a structure um, this West Coast, how he teaches it and who he learned from, it's going to be a, a structure type system. But it's very simple, Jordan. We saw it all weekend long. It comes down to players. It does not come down to plays. Travis Kelsey on the 13 seconds left. I read the article this week. That play was changed in the huddle. They called the play. He tells Mahomes, hey, I don't know if that's going to be there. Just I'm going to find that void. And during the cadence, they made eye contact with each other, and he nodded that I'm just finding the void. So, Patrick, it's two players that made a play. It's very simple. So, you know, the old adage of it's not X's and O's, it's Jimmy and Joe's, well, that has uh, kind of reigned true pretty much uh, this, this uh, postseason. Isn't it amazing that you got Andy Reid, a Hall of Fame coach, and has done such an outstanding job there? And then the game's on the line. Like, like it's just, it's, it just is so fun to watch. Yeah, go Kels, do it, do it, Kels. That's what's gonna. That's what got them to the conference championship. Is Mahomes saying, "Yeah, do it, Kels. Run the same." You know, like it's just right. It's, it's, it's ball. It's ballers playing ball. Okay, so your comment about what coordinator is going to come to Carolina with how much is up in the air. And that's all true. Like we can't hide from that. So then we've got to get a special teams coordinator, an O-line, a D-line coach. I mean, there's a lot of spots to fill Jake. And then the O-line is obviously a huge need. And we'll continue to talk about that throughout this off season. A couple O-line tackles that might be out there in free agency Armstead from the saints and Orlando Brown jr. Is up for the chiefs. The only way those guys are coming to Carolina, even if they were able to get 
out of their organizations without getting signed. They're only coming on a massive contract, right? Like there's Correct. no way that you're, you, they don't even know who they'd be coming to protect. So is it a viable option to think that we're going to get some stud in free agency anywhere on the offensive line, Jake? That's a great question, Jordan. And listen, the almighty dollar makes people make decisions. And, uh, you know, the last big offensive tackle that the Panthers signed, it really and truly didn't work out well. And that was Matt Khalil. You know, um, he was signed to a big deal. And um, it really kind of didn't solidify. Um, listen, they're looking for Jordan Gross 2.0. You won't say it, but I'll say it. And we haven't found it. And that's just the way it is. And I don't know if people truly understand how close you were. And maybe you, if you might want to talk about it, you almost left. And I believe you almost signed with the Philadelphia Eagles when you were a free agent. Is that correct? Uh, it was, they were coming after me pretty hard. They happened that year when I was a, after my, um, let's see, after my rookie deal was a five-year deal. And then I was franchised and played my sixth year under that. And that happened to be the year I made the pro bowl and all pro for the first time. So it was pretty good timing. And when I was at the pro bowl that year, Andy Reed and Philly were the coaches and, um, so there was no, you know, tamp. You, there's a tamp, There's a we, a window when you can negotiate and all that, and we weren't within that. But you're at, you're being coached by a team that's looking for a left tackle, you know. So there was that definitely conversations there. Um, at that point in time, I think Mar Marty Herney was the GM and Coach Fox was still the head coach. I think they all understood that it would be tough if I left to um, replace you. I mean, there's certain you got to pay if you want to have a top tier player, you know? And so that was a pretty cool time of my life to be pursued like that. Now the Eagles ended up with Jason Peters instead of me, which I can't say they lost out on that deal because he's, he, he was an up and coming player from Buffalo at the time, a converted tight end. And I mean, he still was in the league this year. So, but yeah, it's money, it's money, Jake, but it's also like players want to know they're going to get rewarded for their level of play, but also have a chance to win. You know what I mean? So I'm not counting on a free agent acquisition that's some stud on the offensive line, okay? I just – with what it looked like last year, not even knowing who the O-line coach is yet, it's just going to be a hard place to recruit an O-lineman to. Now, that being said, the draft looks incredibly promising. I mean, what a year to have the sixth overall pick when there's a lot of offensive tackles being projected to be taken in the top ten. I know – so many draft, mock drafts right now have us taking Charles Cross from Mississippi State. The, he's a young guy, redshirt sophomore, 6'5", 310. And I watched a little bit of just, you know, quick internet highlights on him and looks to be the real deal. You know, there's that massive tackle from Auburn, Evan Neal. There's a local NC State kid uh, that would played at Providence Day. So there's, there's some options there. And that's – we got to get it right. You know, there was last year we could have drafted Slater, who went on to have a great year with the Chargers as a tackle. And um, we got to get it right this year, Jake. Less quarterback talent at the top of the draft, more O-line talent. Seems like it fits well for us. What do you think? No, it does, Jordan. And, and certainly I, I think um, we, we just see how important it is protection-wise. We saw it in the Super Bowl last year. Both tackles could not play for Kansas City. And Mahomes had no chance, you know, and – it's if if you can protect up front it also helps with the run game you keep games a little bit closer and things like that but certainly that's the case and and back to free agency you know when it starts whatever it is mid-march the date i'm not sure but 
usually the teams that win free agency that first day, the likelihood of success is so little. I mean, you look at the Giants last year, signed a Dory Jackson to this massive deal. They signed Kenny Galladay to this massive deal. Well, everybody got fired from the Giants <laughs> this year. You know, they didn't win. They weren't good enough. So, you know, you, you, you try to build through the draft. If you can get some free agents, especially like the, the middle types where your scouting department is good and they can find those guys that come in and just, you know, fit so perfect. Um, it just, that, that's usually the, the key to doing it, but building to the draft is so key. And I think that was, that's been new Orleans, new Orleans Saints success. They were so good in drafting the last few years to where they've hit on some of these guys that uh, they're they've, pretty much reap the benefits the last four or five years and so that's what we need to get to and I, I'd like to think that we hit on the draft the last couple of years defensively uh it, it certainly looks that way to me um I understand JC Horn got hurt but every indication of everything that we've seen him play he's going to be that guy Jeremy Chin I don't think there's any doubt that was a huge um my home run I still think Derek Brown was a great pick for us playing D tackle. Sometimes those stats don't show up, but a space eater and seeing the kid make plays gross motto, second round pick. You've seen some plays from him and I'm not going to go on further and further, but we, we've hit on some guys defensively. And so we need to do that offensively. And there's some youth on this football team and, and just kind of get moving in that direction. All right, well, we got to get moving in the direction of ending this podcast. But before we do, I want to talk about the conference championships this week. So you said that you would have been 0 for 4 last week calling the game. So you get a chance to redeem yourself. The Chiefs, and I'll even throw in the spread, the latest spread when we recorded this, has the Chiefs at minus 7 and the Rams at minus 3.5. Okay, so who's going to win these games, Jake? Who are you taking? It definitely, it definitely looks like it's going to be the Chiefs and it's going to be the Rams. That's kind of just how they're playing. But the 49ers have owned the Rams what the last six times they've played. So how do you and I'm just I'm waiting on the Niners, and this is kind of my thinking. I'm waiting on them to hit the wall. You know, Jordan, if you go back to 2005, we had to win the final week of the season to make the playoffs. Now we were gonna get in, but we because we we had 10 wins going into the final week. We beat Atlanta pretty good. So we're 11 and five. Then we go to the giants. We destroy them like 23 to three or 23 to nothing, whatever it may be. Then we go to the number one seed Chicago bears and we upset them. And then we have to travel to Seattle and one Seattle was very, very good. First of all, but we hit a wall. I think we all felt that our team just, we were done and we were down to our fourth running back. And, and, you know, it was just one of those situations. And I've been waiting on San Fran to like hit this proverbial wall that they just, you know, over time uh, with the Rams and then go on the road the, the first couple of weeks. It's just been one thing after another, but they just keep battling back. And, and, you know, the confidence that they have knowing that, Hey, we own this team, <laughs> you know? So uh, it looks like the two favorites are going to win. Uh, I still think Kansas City does win. Um, Cincinnati, what a great story. Joe Burrow and that bunch and how hard they play. Um, yeah, it's a uh, – that's what's going with, Jordan. Well, I'm not, right, I'm, we're not putting in the points. We're just talking straight up. I'm not right. talking points Sounds spread. good. Well, you okay. know, you got to talk point spread once in a while. I, I, the Bengals sure as heck can't give up nine sacks and win again. That would that – right. would, the internet would explode or something would happen there. So you're saying, you're saying Niners chiefs. 
Is that what you're saying? Or are you saying no, Rams no, Chiefs? No, Rams I'm, Chiefs. Ram, I'm, say, I'm saying Rams Chiefs. Rams Chiefs. All right. It's because of they're gonna they're gonna give up. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Let's hope that we stay on track now with a no, more normal, healthy weekly schedule like we're we've grown accustomed to. I'm glad we survived the fray the last couple of weeks. And Jake, as always, it's outstanding to talk to you, my friend. So I'll I will catch you next week, buddy. You got it, man. I appreciate it and uh, enjoy it. I'm sure it's a beautiful, warm, sunny day uh, up in Fruitland, Idaho. So There's no sun. There's no sun. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right so now. negative. I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> See okay. you, buddy. Bye. Jordan and Jake, powered by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with a click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your way.